<laughs> Welcome back. Spark in the Dark episode two. I'm your host, Dan Matha. I'm excited. I know you can hear it. You could feel it. And that's because I'm hearing it. I'm seeing it. I'm feeling it. All the positive feedback from episode one, all the outcries from you guys. I appreciate that. I really do because that's the only way that this thing is going to grow. This thing's going to take off the ground because of you right now. If you're listening to this, this thing is going to become successful because of you, right? Subscribing, liking, sharing, retweeting, word of mouth, telling friends, coworkers. You're going to tell your mom, right? Everybody. That's that's how this thing's going to grow. I want you to think about this. If you're listening to this right now, you're going to become wealthy beyond your wildest imagination. Okay. And I'm not just talking about financial wealth. I'm talking about intellectual wealth, emotional wealth, spiritual wealth. Okay. All across every spectrum, you are going to become crazy, crazy, crazy rich. Okay. And that's because you're investing in this show. And I want you to think about this show like Amazon. I want you to think about this show like Apple, right? And you're on the ground floor and you're investing 20 bucks, right? That don't seem like much right now. That don't seem like much right now. But all them people that invested 20 bucks in Amazon when it first started up, Apple when it first started up, they got that fuck you money and for those of you who are here right now at the ground floor one day you're gonna have that fuck you money okay and who doesn't want fuck you money okay i know right now you can think of at least four people you want to be able to say fuck you too okay but you can't because you need your job right you need you got something going on you got responsibilities you got to take care of so I just want you to think about that. Uh, this is what I really want you to do. I want you to think about that wealth, what that's going to be like, right? I want. I don't want you just to think it. I want you to feel it. What's that emotion? What is the emotion behind having fuck you money, right? And then I want you to. I want you to feel it. I want you to bring it to life. Then I want you to think about all the different ways that that is going to come to you. That wealth is going to come to you. Think about all the different things. That could come your way to give you that, okay? Because we got to get specific. You send it out into the universe and it comes right back to you. Surrounding yourself with mentors, equally ambitious people, reading books, listening to podcasts, saying yes to every opportunity your way. I want you to envision all of those things because that's how you're going to get this wealth back to you. It's like going to a restaurant. You can't get that. You can't get that delicious 25-day aged medium rare ribeye if you don't put the order in. And that's how the universe works. The universe, the universe can't give you your order if you don't put it in. So go ahead and put that order in. So episode two, Spark in the Dark, we got the 22-year-old phenom Austin Theory. This kid is impressive. Most 22-year-olds are sitting on a couch hungover right now ordering Uber Eats. This dude is in the WWE, and he's not just in the WWE. This boy is making waves in the WWE. And he didn't have no silver spoon. He didn't have no, no runways paved out for him now. Quite the contrary. He dealt with quite a bit of adversity, family environment, bullying in school. And we talk about that. 
We talk about how he handled that. We talk about how the WWE gave him inspiration to push through all of those things. We talk about how he handles negative comments, and not just when he was bullied, but now as an adult, as a successful entertainer, which is the piece of content that I think all of you are going to find the most important in this episode is how he deals with negative comments okay that's what i'm most excited for you guys to listen to we also talk about his love for bodybuilding how he trains also oh we talk about entertainment and how to entertain in this new world where you're not allowed to have fans which in an industry that is built on fan reaction it is quite crazy to have performances without fan reactions i'm gonna let you guys in on a little secret when putting together pro wrestling matches you are anticipating, you are planning crowd reactions. And when you remove the crowd, you fundamentally change the art known as pro wrestling. So we dive in quite a bit on how to handle, how well, how Austin handles that, you know, his how he's viewed the new landscape and how he's made adjustments along the way. Uh, super cool episode. I love Austin. I heard great things about this dude before I met him. Once he got to the company, WWE, uh, he just reaffirmed that with his actions, and him and I had a quite a bit of, you know, quite a bit of uh, contact with each other. We had a lot of matches against each other, with each other. Super fun dude. Love this dude. Love this dude's energy, and I think all of you are going to as well. So, without any further ado, episode two, Spark in the Dark. I feel like since this quarantine, I haven't seen you. We've been together like every day for the past, what, six months, eight months, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Working together, yeah. class, training, lifting, wrestling, yeah. traveling the world. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I feel like I haven't seen anybody. I haven't even seen the world. Everything's very uh, closed at the moment. Just everywhere. I know it's nuts right now. Yeah. Unprecedented times. Yeah, it's uh, just rough. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think is going on right now, man? Really, I don't know. And part of me, uh, I kind of, you know, wonder to myself: is is a lot of it as bad as they say it is? You know, or is it just being, you know, shown and presented worse, or is it really this bad? Yeah, I I think the craziest part because like I have I got a couple theories. You know, I got a couple, couple I got a couple theories, you know what I mean? Pun intended. <laughs> I got a couple <laughs> theories of what's going on here. But I, uh, I think the most important thing to think about right now is the fact that nobody actually knows who to believe. Mm. And I think that we should be very fearful of that in this country, considering that the United States of America is a republic, mm -hmm. a free nation. And the backbone of a republic or a democracy is the media and right. the free flow of information. And the second that that is jeopardized, the integrity of the democracy, the republic, is now, you know, out the window. Right. And that, sh that is what should be very fearful for all the people. Yeah. Um, in terms of the virus itself, I just, you know... I think I'm on the far side of the spectrum of like 
not really giving a crap about it. Because mm-hmm. I look at it like this. Um, one, if you look at the death rate, it's below, like, it's a fraction of, like, a fraction of a percent. Mm-hmm. It's super low. Now, don't get me wrong. Any life that is lost is a tragedy. You know what I mean? When somebody dies, loved ones are hurt. You know, there's, like, a void and a loss that's taken place in this lifetime. But we, it's not the first virus, you know, that has yeah. come along. You know, viruses are kind of a part of human you know not humans it's well humans have dealt with them since the beginning of humans but like in the animal kingdom you know what i mean that big circle of life that mufasa talked about yeah you know what i mean like viruses are there they're there and human beings who uh for whatever reason their arrogance and ignorance kicks in and they think that circle they're outside of that circle of life right and the truth is that we aren't outside of it, no matter what illusion, you know what I mean, that you believe Mm -hmm. that we're outside of there, we're not, we're a part of it. So the fact, another thing that bothers me, the fact that you think you could stop something like this, you know what I mean, is honestly preposterous. Yeah. You know, now definitely we should be trying to do whatever we can. We should definitely be working towards a vaccine. We should definitely be looking to the people that are at high risk, you know, Mm -hmm. people with pre-existing health conditions, the elderly those people, we should be looking out for them, right? Yeah. We should be trying to do what we can. But to shut down the whole damn world over a virus, you know? Like, yeah. I, I don't know if we're really understanding what the repercussions of the economy tanking, you know, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and it as bad as it is now, it's only going to get worse. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we're really preparing for uh, for that. That's, yeah. that's about some, to be some serious shit. I know a lot of people at home, a lot of friends, everyday people have lost their jobs, been evicted out of their places already. Yep. You know, like, I mean, it's going to hit a lot of people. Unemployment yeah. is super high right now, and it's only going to get higher. You know, the businesses that are still out there, that are still operating, that are on the fringe, you know, that are holding on by a thread, you know, like what's going to happen when they go under later, you know? Yeah. And like just very a very scary time and i think that more people need to think about that than anything else right and we've let the media kind of put us in this like fearful fearful state you know let us go back to our like primitive monkey brains where we're like taking all this damn toilet paper and buying more food and supplies than what is even necessary yeah and kind of like you know forgetting that it's important that, you know, you don't need to buy seven packs of eggs, you know, or chicken, no. you know what I mean? Just buy what you need for the week. Exactly. Like food ain't going anywhere. Yep. It's and just, then, we got to stay inside and stay distant. Yeah. And then everybody would have what they need, you know, keep but, this thing a little bit closer, bro. Yeah. It's uh, what's crazy to me is how fast everything got shut down. Like it wasn't, I feel like there wasn't too many like decisions into that. You know, it was just like, this is what's happening. Next day, it's closed. Next day, this place is closed. Closed, closed, closed everywhere. And it just kind of became this, you know, dice falling and creating a trail. And now, you know, like you said, like there's a lot of people that there's a lot of bad, you know, circumstances from this for, you know, people with that are out of a job, you know, and there's no income coming in. And that's that's very hard, especially in America, you know, that's money is very important here to be able to get by in just day-to-day society 
So that's yeah, it's very hard hit. Yeah. It uh oh man. It just makes me frustrated too with the leadership. I think more than anything, we should be mad at our leadership because I, I I think that they have failed us, you know, on a well, I know that they have failed us. You know, I don't just think that they, I I look at it, I'm just like, man, you guys failed us on so many levels. Mm-hmm. And like I'm not just talking about at the top, you know, I'm not just talking about Trump, right? I'm talking about from a federal level to a state level, you know, like the like who, the World Health Organization. Just in like February, they were telling people not to worry about this and that it's not contagious from person to person. Yeah. You know, like there was, you know, uh Comio, the the governor of uh New York was saying the same thing. And same thing with the the guy out in LA, like all these different you know politicians leaders that we had appointed to lead uh the civilians you know us everyday people they just weren't very prepared for this and that frustrates me more than anything you know because it's like this i know it's a tough job don't get me wrong i understand your job is tough but that's why you took the job like that's why we appointed you that's why you get put elevated into a position of leadership because you've got to make tough decisions you've got to make the hard choices you've got to be you've got to have that foresight to see what's coming down the pipe before we do you know because your right. job as a civil servant is to protect the people and you have failed that dearly you know right so i guess uh well let me ask you like what are what are the positives you see out of this? A lot of us look at the negatives, yeah. you know, of everything being shut down. But, you know, what do you see as positives to this? Obviously, like to stop the spread. But are there any more positives to, you know, things being shut down and the whole social distancing thing? Like, do you see any positives? Yeah, for sure. I, I think there's there's always a silver lining in any crappy situation, dude, you know, mm-hmm. Um I think of anything we, you know, you see everybody online right now talking about this is a time to like look inward and self reflect and skill build and read books and write things and do those things that you never did. Uh, it's a little overplayed because everybody's doing it, but <laughs> the message itself is still a sound message. Yeah. And I think it's the first time that you, that anybody has been able to, just kind of be mm-hmm. like you don't have anywhere to be there's no stress of being somewhere on time or getting to work or meeting up with friends it's like you wake up in the morning and you just wake up that's it and you wake up when you want to yep. and you get out of bed when you want to and you roll into the different things that you want to do throughout the day mm-hmm. now if you got if you're a mom or a dad out there you know you got some rug rats running around and shit you know what I mean? you gotta <laughs> yeah. deal with that but that ain't my problem because i'm <laughs> single you know what i mean i got no babies out there <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. but even then uh, if you are a mom or a dad right you get to spend like think about it you're at work kids at school you know like you know, when do you ever get this this much alone time or yeah. one-on-one time with your family mm-hmm. so you know i mean life's fast you know it's very fast and it's very Who you tell him bro i feel like it's <laughs> i know i speak like i'm like 49 <laughs> life's fast man you know you guys just gotta get away you can uh-huh no nah, but it's wise 20 what are you 21 22 22 yeah so what are you doing right now during this quarantine to stay in shape 
Uh, I mean, obviously, because I know you're missing the iron, bro. Because oh, I'm missing, I'm fiending. Let me get a barbell. <laughs> it hurts, man, and it's crazy to see. Uh, I mean, I have, you know, I am one of those that have looked online trying to find equipment for cheap, and you know, some people get rid of it for cheap, but they know what they're doing now. It's not cheap anymore. We're <laughs> we're raising the prices because we know how bad people want it, you uh-huh. know. But uh, I've uh, I, I got two dumbbells at home. Uh, two 20-pound dumbbells, and I got two 45 plates. And I try to just, you know, I mean, you can do a lot with that if you, you know, use your mind Absolutely. to it. But uh, it's hard. It's not the, you know, it's not the same feeling because I feel like I'm I'm having to do way more to try to get the same feel as in the gym. But uh, even though I'm doing way more, it's it's still not the same, you know. Like being there is it's way different. But I definitely miss that. That's, uh, you know, I. I get like, you know, now we're slowing down and we can focus on what we do have and stuff, but you took the gym away from me, man. God damn it. It's hurting, man. Fiending. It's hurting. Fiending. It's tough, man. It's <laughs> I need tough. my fix. Yeah, it's tough, man. Um, Yeah, dude, I feel you with that. I got, I'm lifting right now with, uh, I got this parking garage next to my apartment complex and it's like eight stories. So one of the things I'll do is I'll just, I'll run. I'll run them stairs, you okay. know, and oh, it's a, yeah, yeah, that'll get you going. Yeah. Um, now I'll change, you know, based on whatever workout I'm trying to kind of emphasize, you know, body parts I'm trying to emphasize. Maybe I'll ex- like I'll do more of an explosive type workout, so I'll be sprinting those stairs, really trying to get my heart rate up and more of a cardio workout. Yeah, where and then when I get to the top of the stairs, I've got a bunch of bands. I've got like the red minis, the black minis. I got the regular, the band, the big green ones. I got a couple of those. So I got a couple different resistant bands that have come in handy. I got this fifteen pound kettlebell over there in the corner that's kind of come in handy. Okay. Um, but I've just been really working and focusing on increasing my GPP, my general physical preparedness, which is some people, you know don't ever build their GPP ever and other people, you know, you build it and then you get into the weights and you kind of neglect it a little bit and it kind of goes to the wayside. But I remember having one of my strength coaches tell me when I was younger that like nobody has the right to start lifting right away. Like you got to get in shape before you're even allowed to start working out and you should be able to, you know, you should be able to run a mile and, uh, you know, in a good amount of time, you should be able to do 33 push-ups, 33 body, you know, three minutes, uh, wall sets, pull-ups, you know, you should be able to do all the things with your, uh, all these body weight movements, you know, should, you should have those things mastered your, your cardiovascular system, like all of those things, all the, like anything that you can do right now, like in a field, in a garage with some bands, running, jumping, like all of those things, you should be focusing on those right now. Because then the gym, everything's like things are coming back. Gym's going to open back up. You're going to get in there. You're going to get back into the, into the gym and get that iron and get that pump and get back to your routine. But like right now you have an opportunity to do something that you've never, you know, that you maybe necessarily wouldn't focus on, you know, because you got to get them gains. You got to yeah, build that. Right. You got to get them peaks up, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> build them, build them, them pecs, build that muscle, you know, eat that chicken. You got to do all those things. And that's great. Listen, I'm going to do it as soon as that first day that gym opens up. I'm going to go in there. I'm a superset till I die. Yeah. You know, I'm <laughs> everybody's <laughs> going to have a very long workout that day. <laughs> but I think it's important to focus on those things. Things and, and anybody can do those right now. And all it just takes is a little ingenuity, 
um, some effort and determination. I mean, everybody right now is an Instagram fitness model. So just go on. You can find a ton of workouts that somebody's doing somewhere. Yeah. You know, experiment, try stuff, go to the park. I've been doing a lot of, I, I live right near the lake. It's just like a block from my crib. So I, and it's a mile. So I'll go out there. I'll power walk that thing two, three laps. Then I'll start my workout. There's a field out there. I've been doing a lot of football workouts. I've been doing a lot of conditioning, like okay. 110s, 300-yard shuttles, things like that. Um, just things I haven't done in a long time. Just yeah. kind of get my workout going, get something different going. I'll try to stick to the uh, the bodybuilding workouts with what I got inside the house. And um, if I really want to get the sweat after, I'll go outside and try to do more so like – Kind of to the end of my driveway, to the front of my door, kind of like high knees to the end of the driveway, come back high knees, and then I'll try to do like, uh, we have some steps, so I try to do like the quick step ups, and then I'll try to add in like sprints there, just different stuff, trying to like sweat and try to do a few rounds of that, just trying to, you know, like you're saying, like just something different from the typical like, you know, bodybuilding type style because obviously you know when that returns we're all going to be doing that again but this is a chance to have that more of that athlete you know mm -hmm. bring that out of yourself and I mean for me and you it is a little different because like you know we are athletes so it's not like we just bodybuild and we don't do that but now it's kind of you don't have you know anything to do yeah so it's like why not just you know do our bodybuilding stuff and then get on to the athletic stuff all in one like you have time to do it yeah yeah so it kind of makes a difference hell yeah man if there's a will there's a way uh, always so man you uh you've had a big couple weeks yeah it's been a wild ride <laughs> yeah. so so we go we go quarantine right we go COVID 19 lock down everything yep but we were still, you know, WWE is still able to perform, right? Yeah. We're doing it in front of, which is the weirdest thing ever, that yeah. we're able to perform in front of no fans, right? Considering that we're like one of that's we're like one of those industries that like, it's like going to a concert and like no fans being there, you know, having a concert with no people or going to yeah. a comedy show with nobody there. It's just like yeah. the crowd is just as much a part of the show as the performers are. Absolutely. So it's like, it is a little weird. So you're getting thrown into this new world with all these new little things. What's it been like to like, uh, be out there having a wrestle without the audience and without that instant feedback. So I was asked about this, uh, Man, maybe like two weeks ago, and uh, some people might take to it differently than I do. Um, for me, I, I, you know, I was curious. I was like, hey, when I go out there, like, I wonder if, you know, I'm going to fill the ring more and it's going to, you know, everything's going to hurt more than it usually does. Because usually that adrenaline's going and you got the people screaming at you. So you might get hit really hard, but you're good. You know, you're like, oh, whatever. Like, I got to go, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but. I, I wonder if my energy would be different, but it wasn't. I, I think because, uh, man, honestly, like it's just been something I've always wanted to do. And, and it's like once that music hits, it's just whatever I was feeling in the back, whether it's nerves or, you know, like thinking everything that I just said. As soon as I walk out, I think I'm, I'm just there and I'm in it and I don't come out of that bubble until I walk to the back. So for me, it, it hasn't been a bad experience. I actually like it. And I think it's, um, it's an opportunity to actually, uh, present who I am better. Um, because now you can actually hear every word that I say, 
And if it's somebody that doesn't say anything, well, I mean, you can't really learn much from that. But for me, man, just like the talking trash and getting to talk about my achievements, why I'm, you know, kicking somebody's ass. Uh It's like you're getting to know who I am and you can tell like how I feel about myself and how I feel about other people and uh, the camera's right there. And I know, you know, I got all those people right behind that camera. So whatever I'm saying, they're, you know, they're feeding off this energy and they know, you know, how I'm trying to interpret myself and how I'm trying to present myself to them. So I've taken it as a, a very different, but grateful opportunity. Yeah, for sure. I would take it. I would imagine though, that there are some adjustments that need to be made when having a match now that there isn't an audience. Right. Cause there's certain things that we kind of, we do as sports entertainers that, uh, throughout the life and history of a match, we kind of base on what we're about to do next on the crowd reaction. Mm-hmm. And now that that's not there, I've noticed just from watching being like, Oh, I wouldn't do, you know, I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do that. Or I would do more of this. You know, like you said, I would talk more yeah. shit, which I don't know if that's actually even possible, but <laughs> yeah, especially for you, <laughs> but I would talk more. Like you said, it's an opportunity not only to be seen now, but to be heard. Mm-hmm. And like, you've got to change as a performer, at least from what I've been seeing, I think that there needs to be little, you know, they're little minor tweaks, but I think that they're very important. Yeah. Um, to add, you know, because there is that dead space of like no noise in the building. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. It's weird to watch. And I think it's it, it's both ways, whether I'm, you know, in control or, you know, I'm not in control. You know, my selling, it's got to, it, it can't be the silent, you know, sell with, even though my facials are, are good and, you know, my body movement's good. Like if there's no noise, it's still that awkward time there, yeah. you know, and it's like, it's just like a movie, you know, like you've got to, you've got to have that, that feeling there, you know, it's nobody's going to, you know, watch a movie scene and somebody's fighting and the person that's getting beat up, they're not making any noise. It's kind of weird, yeah. you know, so you just got to think of it as that aspect, you know, cause it's, it's very weird, but at the same time, it's very cool and creative if you, you know, really focus in and, and want to bring your best to it. Yeah, it adds a new little wrinkle to the game. I think, if anything, this is going to force people to up their game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Kind of up them to the next level, right? You've got to, yeah. you know, it's adapt or die right now. And it's just like we're in unprecedented times, like we've been talking about. So it's like, yo, we're in a less than ideal situation. But what are you going to do to adapt and evolve and conquer, you know? Because yeah. it's like... you. We can be like, oh, man, this is a crappy situation. I don't want to be here. I don't want to have to do this in front of no fans. Or you'd be like, this is a new challenge, yeah. and I'm up to it. Yeah. you know. And like, I might have to work a little harder. I might have to think a little bit more in terms of, you know, add, you know I, I, I got to make, you know, I got to make some noises here. I got to sell like this. I've got to, you know, my shit talking. Actually, you know, some people get into that weird little thing where they're just talking shit. And they just say the same thing over again. And it's like, no, you can talk shit now and tell a story with your shit talking. I just, uh, I try to think of this uh, going into the matches, you know, kind of like I got a promo, but I don't. It's just a match, but I I have a promo ready. You know, my opponent, I want to know their achievements. I want to know where they've been, what they've done. Um, Like this past week, uh, me and Tazawa faced off. 
you know, I knew he was a cruiserweight champion. You know, that's that's still a championship in WWE. Yeah. Um, he's a cruiserweight, and, you know, I'm not. So, to me, that was a big thing. Like, you know, they put me out here with a cruiserweight, you know, and then I start, you know, going into talking about, you know, I've been at WrestleMania, and you haven't. You mm-hmm. know, how long you been here? And that's something I used in the match. And it's like, yeah, like – I lost at WrestleMania, but it's WrestleMania. You know what I mean? And I'm 22. Like, I don't care what you say. Like, so that was just something that I was thinking more of, you know, not necessarily like what move can I do in this match? It was focused on, you know, what can I say to him? What can I do? What are, you know, when I'm selling or he's selling, like just what can make this different from every other match we see tonight? Because if you do go out there and you just do the match, it's, I mean, you're just not going to get what you're trying to get out of it. Yeah. And everybody has a different perspective of what that is. You know, whether you're, you had a great killer athletic good match or you're an entertainer, you know. And at the end of the day, to me, we talked about this with other people. You know, it's on a, you know, television network. And to me, it's TV. So it, it's entertainment. Yeah. So that's what we need. Yeah. So that's. That's why I put so much into that and thinking about that now. And regardless if there's a crowd there or not, you know, there's a way to do it both ways. And I'm still finding that, you know, and I know it's going to take time. And uh, I feel like when I have it, I might not even know or I will. And But I'm always going to try to improve that and figure out exactly what it is and how it could be better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like this is a weekly episodic television show, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think – it would be important for people, you know, up and coming wrestlers, young kids at home that want to aspire to be professional wrestlers, guys that are, you know, working at their craft at the base level right now. I think it's important to remember that, you know, that this you are a character on a weekly episodic television show and that as much as the physical stuff is cool, like it's the theatrical part that makes money. That's the theatrical part that yeah. draws people in. Yeah. You know? So it's like that stuff. You're one, I always say you're one part athlete, one part actor, mm-hmm. one part stunt double. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, I think it's the same thing too. Like me and you, we could compare this to working out. Like when you tell somebody, they're like, I go so hard in the gym, but you know, the food part is just that eh, for me. And that's why I look like, eh, right. you know, but it's, <laughs> it's like it just every part has to be good, you know, like super entertaining, but you, you gotta be good in the ring too. You know, like you just want to have all that down. Yeah. And it's like, for me, I just don't, I'm glad you said it that way and didn't give each thing a different percent. How most people will say, well, this is 80% and you need 20% of this. It's like, no, everything has to be a hundred, a hundred. Like everything has to be good, you know? And if you want to be one of those guys that's like, I'll go 110, whatever. Like <laughs> everything has to be the same though. You know, you, and if you're lacking, you know, you need to improve that, but there's no cert, certain percent for these things. Like if you want to be the best, you know, the best has everything. Yeah. So everything or nothing. Yeah, they're all equally important. Yeah. Um, so you touched on this. 22 years old. Yep. 22-year-old young stud out 22. here. You know what I mean? <laughs> this boy So this boy came into the quarantine and is going to come out of the quarantine better than he left it, okay? Yes. So you came in 
Uh, you know, you start getting a run on NXT, yep. right? Quarantine happens. Some yep. crazy stuff starts happening. They got you on Raw. Yeah. Right? They got you with Garza and Andrade with yeah. Zelina. Yep. Cool little thing, by the way. Y'all yep. look great together. Appreciate that. And then this boy gets a WrestleMania match. <sighs> Woo! Yeah. Tell me what that was like. Man, it's... uh. So when it really hit me was when I watched it back. Um. So WrestleMania, man, it, it it like didn't really hit me until I uh, I watched it back. And the reason behind that is the day I found out, you know, about being on Raw, it all just happened so fast. You know, it was like you're gonna be on Raw, and then it's like okay, and then they're like okay, now you're gonna be on WrestleMania, and that's like oh okay, and they're like, but you're gonna film that on we're gonna do that on Thursday, and right now it's Tuesday, and I'm like, okay, like. All right, let's do it. Like, sounds good. And then Wednesday came, and they hit me up so quick. Like, it was around maybe 1 o'clock. And they're like, hey, you need to get here now. We're going to do WrestleMania. And I'm like, all right. And there was just no time to really, I guess, be nervous and, and really get into my head. Because everything know? happened so fast. Yeah, man. And I think it's like when you got, like, a big match or something coming up, you know, it's like in two weeks you got this opportunity and it's like, all right. And it's like, am I going to do this? I'm going to do that. And it was just, everything happened so fast. I just didn't have time to really let it sink in and, you know, WrestleMania. And that might've been different if we were, you know, where WrestleMania usually is in a giant stadium, like sold out, like 80,000 people. Exactly. More than the regular, you know, Raw or SmackDown. I think it would have been a different feel. But for me, it was definitely, you know, watching it back uh, when it happened on TV. And that was when I was like, man, like, there's the card. You know, there's the WrestleMania symbol. There's my name. Like, oh, man, it's crazy. So they had you guys. So if I um, so they had you guys film everything ahead of time. Yeah. Before it was actually aired. And they did that in parts just so they could keep the amount of people near each other super low, right? Right. Is that right? Yeah. So they had you guys actually kind of film WrestleMania and almost like separately from everybody else. So they had to piece everything together, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's crazy how they do all that, you know, but um, I mean, that's just something they're really good at being able to adapt to any situation. And um, I know a lot of people weren't happy about the whole, you know, like no crowd situations, but it's like, well, if you guys aren't there and, you guys are unhappy about this. What if there's no wrestling, you know, yeah. and everybody's going to be upset, but I like that WWE always finds a way. And that's, what's really cool about it all is like, no matter what, we're going to give you WrestleMania. Right. So, yeah, it's like, yo, you're a pro, you know, like at the end of the day, like you're a professional and I like, you're getting paid, you get a paycheck, right? You get one every Monday or whatever your, uh, whenever your direct deposit is, you know, you get paid. So like, that's like your job. And it's like, well, right now your job is asking you to perform, you know, at a high level and not in front of people. And it's like, yeah, are you a pro or are you not a pro? Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. The option is definitely there. You know, are you comfortable with this? You know, and, uh, they ask you that, you know, and they ask you a whole bunch of questions. Like, have you been to this place? Have you done this just to be secure about everything and make sure and, uh, some people just didn't feel comfortable doing it, and that's totally okay. Depends on your situation and, and what you're doing. Yeah, you know me, I'm I'm just young and hungry, man. Mm -hmm. I was like WrestleMania, <laughs> WrestleMania <laughs> man. Like, Dogs in the house. Ready to go, man. I'm just chilling at home, you know. Like 
doing these workouts. Like, let's go. Yeah. So I was stepped up to the opportunity. Yeah. Hell yeah. I've always, I've always uh, uh, admired that about you. You're a young dude. You know what I mean? You got a good head on your shoulders. You, you have, you know what you're, you're, you know what you're after. You know what your why is, your goal is, the things that you're seeking after. And uh, I see you in here and I see you working hard in the weight room. I see you working hard when we're in Sean's class, when we're watching film together, asking him questions, taking critique. And then even, you know, when it's us and the boys together, you know what I mean? Working in the ring, asking questions, working on things, working on uh, just different sequences, holds, punch it, you know, all the things that we work on, you know, right. and then you're always asking, I know you're always asking questions, always asking me questions, always asking, you know, the guys that we hang out with questions. Yeah. And uh, just young, hungry, mm. trying to get after it. You know, yeah. no excuses, just results. Yeah, you that's know? it, man. And I appreciate that. I, I appreciate that, you saying that. I really, I really do. Thank you for that. Yeah. No, so I've been, you know, uh, before I was a wrestler, I was a football player, and I came up in that game at a young age. You know, I'd been wrestling since I was 12 years, or playing football since I was 12 years old. And, uh, you know, I was very similar. I was, I knew when I was young, what I wanted, you know, I wanted like, for me, football was my way out. Right. So yeah. it was like, and I loved football. So it was just like, yo, I got to become the best. So it's like, I got to work out after school, you know, with the, you know, our, my strength coach every day. And I can't miss one single day. And when the summer came, like, and people were on vacation, hanging out, going out with their families and stuff, I was still in the gym training. And then when I had the opportunity to go to college, you know, I, I, Got to go to a big Division One program, went to the University of Pittsburgh. And from, you know, I went from being the hardest worker on my team to being like, a, you know, a big fish in a big pond, you know, at low man on the totem pole. And, but the goal and the why didn't change, you know? Never. And it was just like, okay, now I, I, I got to keep that same passion and, and, and drive. But now I need to look around because like, I don't really know what working hard is. I thought I did, but now I see these other guys. I see these older guys around here that, you know, seniors, fifth year seniors who are like work. I'm like, I'm seeing what they're doing. I'm like, damn, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I was like, but maybe I should be doing that, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you figure out once you get somewhere long enough, you kind of look around you're like, okay, who's a joker and who's not a joker. Yeah. You know, like who's about it and who's not about it. And then when you figure that out, you know, you kind of gravitate towards those people. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I saw that from you, you know what I mean? Just young, hungry dude willing to do whatever. And, you know, it does help. You got to, you know, you were, you were blessed with some, some gifts from the creator yeah. or whatever <laughs> mystical forces out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but you've a uh, dude, I see how hard you work. I don't know too many people that work as hard as you appreciate that. Thank you, you know, I don't see too many people that hurt, work as hard as Austin theory. Yeah. And like, to me, like I admire that. When I see somebody that works hard and is about their business and like is who like they're just them, like I admire that. And so I've always admired you, bro. So I Thank appreciate you for that. that idea. Thank you, man. That means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Um so what uh what's like the next what do we got going on next in here, man? You know, for you. What's well, your Well, if uh we're still talking wrestling uh got that money in the bank coming up. Oh that's yeah, that's a, right. That qualifying match. Okay. So uh, I already said it online uh, to Alistair Black. You know, he can go back to his dirt nap after the match. And, and I'm going after that money. You hear me? I'm going after that money. Ka-ching! Yeah. Yes, sir. Ka-ching! <laughs> uh, 
So that's what's next for me. That's uh, this Monday. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. Okay. So you heard it here first. Uh, what are, what are we talking about? Eight o'clock Monday on the USA Network. Yeah, Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw. Austin Theory versus Alistair Black. Mm. Tune in. Be there or be square. Be square. <laughs> be square. That's not um, fun. you uh. Did you play any sports growing up other than wrestling? You know, people always assume that I do, you yeah. know, but uh, no. And the reason why is I just never wanted to get injured because I always knew that I wanted to be a wrestler. Okay. Um, as a kid, yes, like there were like uh, my mom would put me in uh, baseball and, and basketball. And uh, I remember trying to do baseball again. And But when I started watching wrestling around eight, Man, I just started like, uh, do I really got to go to baseball practice today? Like, can I go next week? Yeah. Can I go next week? Like, it was just a thing. And then it's like, you don't have to do it anymore. And I think when I got around 12, that was when, uh, man, I just I just knew since I was eight. Like, it was just, I don't know. I was just so mesmerized by wrestling. And, you know, still to this day, I don't exactly know what it is. Because it's, I mean, if you look at it, it is this weird thing. Um, but it's, I don't know. It just, it was captivating to me. And it was just like, it was like, yeah, you could go watch like, you know, superhero movies and see Spider-Man and all that, but you knew it was a movie, but like you've seen these guys on TV and you heard it was live. So you're like, Oh, so, I mean, this is live. It's happening right now. So they're not retaking scenes and doing this. Like they're out there doing it. And I'm like, and these guys look crazy, like, you know, crazy in shape when I watched it, just huge dudes. And and they could do some unbelievable stuff, but you know, like the character and just all that, I was just so captivated by it. So for me, I was just so set on that. And, uh, at a very young age, I dedicated my life to saying, I'm going to be in the WWE. So I remember when I was uh, 12, I was sneaking into the gym with my mom. You had to be 14 to work out. So for two years, I snuck into the gym with my mom and was training. And uh, and I'd watch like only the WWE guys like on YouTube, their workout videos. And I was like, oh, Triple H is, you know, doing this for chest. I got to do this. And, you know, John Morrison does this for abs. I got to do this. And I was just watching all this stuff. And later on, I started learning, you know, more into working out and stuff like that. But I was always just trying to find a way. And that's why, uh, you know, bodybuilding gets brought up a lot for me. Mm-hmm. But bodybuilding something that, you know, I do have respect for it. I find it interesting, but it's not something that I, uh, you know, I had a passion for. Right. It was only a a way for me to try to get into the WWE. Yeah, I had a bodybuilding friend at the time, and he told me, hey, man, I heard you're into wrestling. Um, WWE scouts were at my show. So if you... Uh, you know, are interested in getting there, maybe do a bodybuilding show. And I'm 17 at the time. I graduated at 17 and this was in 2015. And I'm like, well, all right, that's, that's, that's my ticket. So that's all you needed to hear. Yeah. So yeah. I trained super hard for the bodybuilding show and uh, I ended up winning Mr. Teenage Georgia. And that was an awesome achievement. And I was like, have my trophy in my hand. Sheesh, the was, boy's got it. Yeah. I was, I was <laughs> holding it in my hand and I'm like, all right, like, is uh, I guess I'm going to get an email or something like and never heard anything from WWE. And I was like, man, like, all right, this isn't the way. Yeah. So uh, the next thing I set out to do was try to, you know, find another way. And obviously living in Atlanta, Georgia at the time, 
uh, movies are everywhere. So extra work, they're always looking for extras. So in my mind is like, okay, I get it. Like an extra doesn't really get noticed that much, but you never know. And I've heard stories about actors that were extras and, you know, it took them to their, you know, peak of where they are now. Yeah. So for me, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to be an extra. And maybe somebody there will notice me and they'll be like, you know what? You don't really work out here, but WWE, though, that's a wild, like, thing to think about. But that's what I was trying to do. And I worked for that and uh, wasn't hearing anything from that. And then I was like, all right, man, when you hit 18, like, it's time to go to a wrestling school. And that's all. Like, after that, everything was history. That's yeah. where it all started. You created it, bro. Yeah. Thoughts are powerful. I, I always tell myself I got to be careful what I think because when I think of something, it comes, it happens. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I got to be careful. And, and there's like, very few people like that, which is crazy. But it's, you know, like I, I feel like with people like us, like when, and there are other people like this, yeah. but it's it's not a very common thing. But once that, you know, like you said, you got to be careful because if you want something before you know it, it'll happen. Like if, you know. You want, you know, you want a tree in your house? I mean, I'll come over here next time. <laughs> it'll look like a forest in here. Uh, like, boy, yeah. Paul Bunyan. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you and I have, I have a love for bodybuilding as well. Uh, probably similar to, you know, same thing kind of that you said here. I love bodybuilding. I love training. I love seeing the guys, you know, do shows. I love seeing them compete, right? You know, I love all that stuff. And, but I don't have like a... I don't know if I have like a thirst and a desire to be a bodybuilder, you know, and I've done a show before too. I did a, when I, right after my tryout for the WWE, there was like, you know, the hiring process, which I'm, as you know, takes quite some time. Yeah. For me, it took nine months. Okay. So I had my trial in January and then I ended up reporting, uh, end of September, September 29th, 2015. And, uh, in that time I just was like, it's the first time that I kind of had time to not do anything, which was weird because I've been playing sports for so long and training with football and then like seeking to get after wrestling and get into wrestling. I just had this period of like dead time and I just don't do very well with not having anything to do. So I just was like, I had to create a goal to work towards. So I was just like, you know what? Like I'm going to do a bodybuilding show. And I was like, well, yeah, well, you know, um, I'm not like, you know, I can't play by the same rules that other bodybuilders play by, but like I've been training, you know, since I was 12 years old, I got a great physique. I got a great foundation and, uh, I could do, I could do the physique competitors category, you know? Right. And I was just like, okay. I was like, let me do this. I was like, I, you know, 12 weeks. I'm already lean as hell right now. There was a show that was like 12 weeks out. This dude, uh, back home, has got this gym that I train out real fitness, uh, Jack Sullivan. He, uh, he was also like a bodybuilder as well. And I just like, I reached out to him. I was like, Hey man, this is my situation I'm getting ready for the WWE, but I kind of need something to kind of challenge and push myself. And I like to do a show. So he took me on as, and did my diet for me, you know? Cause at that time I had like a, you know, I had an elementary, I had a one-on-one knowledge of nutrition. You know, I didn't, okay. I didn't have the, I knew how to get strong and I knew how to be, uh, I knew how to be a functional athlete through good foods, you know, healthy foods and like being in a surplus. Cause as a football player, it was different demands as it is as a wrestler, you know, Absolutely. like for, as a football player, I needed to be explosive, powerful, and like durable. Like I needed to smash people. You know what I mean? So like I can't have 6% body fat, you know, like I got now yeah. I got to have, 
I got to have, you know, 18% body fat, mm-hmm. you know, which is still healthy, but like, I ain't taking my shirt off and having abs pop out, you know, no, I mean? no. like it ain't, you know, uh, it ain't like that, but it wasn't necessary. You know, I needed to have that body style, that body composition so that I could weigh 325 so that I could squat 700 pounds so that I could, when I smash into other 300 pound men, I had ma- enough mass and strength and endurance to, to keep smashing them over and over again for 60 yeah. minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. So I had to completely kind of change the, my diet up and my training to kind of move from, you know, sports specific, athletic, dynamic lifting to, okay, now I've been training since I was 12. I already have that athletic dynamic background and I too have been born with, you know, certain amount of physical gifts and, you know, I, I stacked on top of them with, you know, just a bunch of hard work in the process, but like, I've already got that. I've already got this stuff. Now I need to focus on bodybuilding because I, I, I never trained for bo- like as a body, but I n- never in that upper range of 15 plus reps, you know, right. it'd be rare if I was going over 10 or 12 reps, uh, you know, every now and then we'd throw in a hypertrophy phase, you know, in football just to kind of have, but it was more, you know, that five to three rep range with lower, you know, 45 second rest to kind of simulate, um, gameplay. Right. So it was completely different for me. So I was just like, okay, I did that and I dropped the weight. I dieted and I got super shred, super peeled. Yeah. But, and you know, I looked great, but it was like, also I was like, I felt the worst I ever <laughs> felt too. Yeah. I looked the best I had ever looked up to that point, And I felt the worst I'd ever felt up to that point on yeah. stage. That's what's so ironic about that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the diet man is what, uh, it's just such a it's bodybuilding, but it's it incorporates the entire body, especially the mind. Yeah, it's very uh, tough on the mind. That was something, man. When I did my show, like, like yeah, there's been some difficult things that I've done, but really just that mental state of getting ready for that bodybuilding show those last you know two weeks, man. It was very mentally testing, but I I feel like it just helps you so much when you're in a tough situation, and it's like, man, like. I've already been in something way harder than this. Like, this is nothing. Like, this is breadcrumbs, you know? So it's <laughs> yeah. like, just brush it off, which those things are great, you know? I mean, they're not great to go through, but they are at the they same are. time. Yeah. It's good to test yourself. It's good to do hard things. Yeah. You know, because the only way to build mental toughness is to, like, go through tough situation. Absolutely. To put yourself in, like, positions of adversity. To put yourself in a place where it's like, okay... Like, this is going to suck, and I know it's going to suck, but, like, do I want, do I really want that goal? Do I really want what it is that I think I want? You know what I mean? And if I do, am I willing to do what's necessary to get it? Because otherwise, it's just like a wish and a hope. Yeah. You know? So it's just like, force yourself to do tough things, you know? Put your, you know, train with guys that are stronger than you, faster than you, in better shape with you. Guys that are going to push you to your limit. Guys that are going to call you out on your bullshit, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, that's where you get better. Put yourself, you know, do something you've never done before. Yeah. You know, if you've never read a book before, read a book. Yeah. If you're not good at, you know, you want to learn a new skill and you've never done it before, just start diving into it. Yeah. You know, whether it's just go to YouTube, you know, find a channel that like will help teach you. Find somebody that is good at it and start asking them. Just put yourself in situations that make you uncomfortable 
and learn how to become on or learn how to become comfortable while you're uncomfortable. Yeah. And that like you will build mental toughness in that process. I promise you. Yeah. Uncomfortable is the, I mean, the main word for that. Yeah. Like it's, that's it. I mean, that's the only way to get out of it. Cause like you spoke before, just being in that room of guys that, you know, you already know you're ahead of, you're, you're just kind of wasting time. But when you're in that room where you're like, Oh man, this guy, he works really hard. Like he's, I think I'm on that level, but I'm, when you test your mind that way, I feel like you're in the right area, yeah. you know, because you're like, I'm a little uncomfortable. Cause you know, like that's, that's a tough guy right there. And, and <laughs> I, but I want to be there, you know, I'm not, I'm not walking out. I'm not backing down. Like, um, but I do find, I find it that there are people though, that they like being in that room where, you know, they are the top guy. And they like that and because there's no challenge and they enjoy that. But, you know, I think with me and you, it's like that just gets boring, man. Yeah. And I, I feel so stale. Like, uh, I mean, it's like being in quarantine. Like, <laughs> it's just the same thing every day. Yeah. And, like, as you could be like, yeah, man, it's cool to, like, you know, get a day off and get to chill. But it's like I feel like with us, it's like, all right, after that one day's happened, you're like, all right, let's go. Like, yeah. Where am I going? What am I doing? You know, what time is it? How much time I got? Like. We just want to be doing more and more. And it's, I think that's what uh, makes us want to be so aspiring is just constantly trying to find something different and, and look for, you know, look out for different things and different skills, like stuff we're not good at. Like we're not afraid to, you know, like me, like I can't dance at all, but one day maybe I want to learn how to dance. It's like, I'm going to dive into it. You yeah. know, I might suck at it, but it's like, how are you going to get good at it? Yeah. Just going to say you suck. That's, that's, that's a big thing is knowing, not being afraid of sucking at something and not being afraid of failing at something. I think those are important factors, Um, especially for anybody that is out there trying to pursue something new. You know, you want to obtain something that you've never done before. Like you got to do something that you've never done before. And usually when you do something you've never done, you're going to suck at it. Yeah. I mean, I've never been inherently good at anything from the jump. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything yeah. that I started off at and I was good at it or great at it. Yeah. Even working out, you know, even uh, even football, you know, like first four weeks, month of football, I just got my ass kicked, dude. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I was in the sixth grade, just hit a growth spurt. You know, I went from five nine at the end of the fifth grade to six one in the beginning of the sixth grade, which like I was a big ass sixth grader, right? Yeah, but like that growth spurt, I was like a puppy, you know, when he's running through the place and his legs are moving different than his upper body and like smashing into shit. Yeah, yeah. I was just like I wasn't good at it. And I had to like, you know, I had to get my ass kicked. I had to get beat up on. I had to, you know, go through all of those like learning pains or those growing pains to like eventually start getting good. Yeah. And then like I was able to, you know, transfer, you know, go from being this uncoordinated, lanky, you know, sixth grader to like being this destroyer. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, that took time to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was worth it. You know, it was yeah. worth all of those. And like as I've been for, you know, because I'm 30 and I've, you know, I wrestled. Well, first, you know, I, I played football wrestled in high school and then you know i was fortunate enough to wrestle or play football in college and then have a brief little you know stint in the pros then to be able to transition 
you know, from football to wrestling and starting at the bottom, you know, starting at something that you sucked at. Cause like, I don't care who you are, how great of an athlete you are like before or whatever other industry or sport that you're in. When you come into professional wrestling, sports entertainment, you're going to suck at this. Yeah. Like just prepare for it. Yeah. You are going to suck at this (laughs) (laughs) and it is going to feel awkward, right? Because it's unlike anything that there is. And like, you've got to go through that awkwardness. You got to go through that sucking and the pain that comes with just being terrible. Right. And you're going to, you know, you're going to get your ass whooped by the ring. You're going to get your ass whooped by the training that you have to do to become a good wrestler. And then once you start developing the, the basic fundamental skills to perform and have a match safely, you know, uh, you're going to come out to crickets which you're going to learn is a very humbling experience. Yeah. You know, because nothing's worse than your music hitting and you being amped up and coming out and people being like, who the hell is this dude? Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? And then God forbid somebody starts heckling you, talking shit to you, and you're just in your head, man, I'll just try to have a good first match. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, like, you're going to go through that process, you know? But, like... They're all necessary things to happen for you to get to where you want to be. And it's like, how bad do you want what it is that you want? Right. You're willing to go through that. Right. You're willing to endure. Because I promise you, you know, and everybody, when we talked about these skills or these gifts that you're given, right? Mm-hmm. And I've been given some. You've been given some. Everybody that's listening to this right now, you have a gift, believe it or not. Now, your gift might not be that you're six foot nine. 294 pounds of just like sexy muscle. You know what I mean? That might not be your gift, you know? Uh, But we all have gifts. And it's just like finding your gift and learning to cultivate that and let that lead you to wherever your heart and your passions are. And then in that process, just pour yourself into it. Right. Which, I mean, I don't got to tell you, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I don't got to tell you because you put it out into the universe at a young age and, I mean... You just had your WrestleMania moment. So, I mean. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, it's still wild. What, uh, so what it was, uh, what were, I, so I heard you talking about not knowing what it is that drew you to wrestling. Who are some of your, uh, like, inspirations when you were younger coming up that kind of caught your eye to get you into the business? Uh, I think my first, uh, my first connection to wrestling was John Cena. Okay. Uh, that's. I could see that. A lot. I could see that. A lot of people say that to me, but. Uh, that ain't a bad thing, neither. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge fan of his. But, um, man, the thing that got me the most with him was I really think it was just stuff going on in my life that I was able to know that if I could make it to Monday, I knew wrestling would be on. I knew if I could make it to Friday, wrestling would be on. And I just knew, like, uh, you know, in school, like I was getting bullied a lot and it was something that, man, I was just always, and I still am to this day. I feel like I'm the same person. I'm a very like carefree person. Like I just like to have fun. I like to make people laugh. I know how to be serious when I need to be serious, but honestly, I'm not a serious person. I just like to have fun. And, uh, and 
people can look at me and they can say, oh, this guy, he's probably a, you know, a douchebag or whatever. But, and I've had my friends, like, uh, some that I call like close friends tell me like, man, I thought you were going to be, you know, like that. And you're not, and it's crazy. But, uh, for me, man, just like getting bullied and that was like really hard on me. And I tried so hard in those situations to brush it off and just be the cool dude. And like, I'm like, it doesn't bother me, but it did. Yeah. But you know, But being bullied and, you know, that being a huge effect on me and also uh, my father wasn't in my life a lot. Like it was kind of one of those things when when he did decide to show up on the weekends, I fought so hard to not have to go with him. Um, I just didn't enjoy it. And I I don't need to talk about the things that happened when I was with him um, because I don't want to even give him that time. Yeah. But uh, for me, you know. Bullying, my father wasn't in my life. And when I looked at John Cena, it was somebody that was so motivating to me. And as cheesy as it is to a lot of people, this never give up thing meant so much to me. And I knew that if I just take this, you know, these words and I just run with them, I feel like it could do something for me. And I loved it because, you know, he was in situations where, you know, I remember specifically when he was in an angle with the Nexus and these guys were jumping him and he made sure like he would be able to get every single one of them. Like, he would overcome every single one of them. And it was just that never give up attitude. And I just used it in life and, and through my goals and everything. And I think that's what, you know, I say I don't really know what drew me to wrestling, but I think it was honestly like an emotional thing. Yeah. And then I realized like, wow, like I like this. And then I'm like. Oh, I'm kind of, you know, athletic. I think I can do this. Like, man, I actually love this. Like, you know, so I think it was just one of those things. I just became so attached to it. And it just became one of those things that, like, I remember, you know, I I would never leave home and I'd always be at home. And I remember when I first started wrestling and uh, I went on my my first trip and I was away from my family, you know, that I would see every single day. Like, come home from school, see my family, go to the gym, come home, see my family. And I remember when I did my first wrestling trip and I was out of state, you know, not with my family on vacation. And I was like, how is this going to be? And I remember like I felt weird. But when I seen the show and I seen the ring, no matter where it was, it could be, you know, in the middle of nowhere, a crappy ring. It didn't matter because wrestling was just like so like touching to me. And I had such an emotional connection with it that it, I just felt like at home no matter where I was. Like even when I started traveling for the first time, like you know, out of the United States and went to Mexico and went to the UK. I was like, you know, how am I going to feel being so young and not being, you know, around my family at all and just being around random people Mm -hmm. wrestling? Like it just, yeah, it's just like, it just kind of does this weird thing to my body where I'm just like, I'm comfortable, man. Like, you know, I can be nervous about the match and, and all the people here, but when I'm in that ring, it's just like, that's all I've ever known almost, you know? So that's just, you know, like John Cena, that was just a very big inspiration on my life. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. That's, I mean, to me, what it sounds like is you kind of found your purpose. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that that's one of the beauties of sports entertainment is these characters as a young kid that you can, you can gravitate towards and look towards for, like you said, like Cena's never give up, 
you know? And yeah. it's like, you go back to Hogan, you know what I mean? And like eat your vitamins and pray to God. And, you know, yeah. like there's all, you know, there's always been these great kind of figures in pro wrestling that were like yeah. motivating, you know, like for young kids to kind of look towards and, yeah. you know, I mean, let's just be real. Not everybody has a great life growing up, you no. know, like you no. said, like you, you didn't have your dad. I know we've talked before, you know, where, you know, you've kind of told me some of the things that have taken place with you and him that have not been very great. Right. Yeah. Kind of left like, you know, a sour spot in your life. But like the WWE for you was something that, you know, I don't want to say replaced it because you can never replace that. Right. Yeah. But like it gave you something, you know what I mean? It, yeah. it added something. It did so, fill a gap. Filled a, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Filled a gap for something that you didn't have. And then it's yeah. like, you know, it gave you that motto, never give up, yeah. you know? And it was just like, I mean, I think that that's great for any person to kind of have yeah. in their brain is to just know to never give up. And I think that, too, man, it helps me with my attitude now. And you're somebody that can definitely relate to this. Uh, I feel like so many people now, wrestling's ran on how – these uh these internet guys react to what we do yeah and we're trying to a lot of guys try to please them um and a lot of people get in their head about that like you know it's usually grown men let's just be real with it <laughs> i see them men. go right after their matches bro they go to twitter you know and they're Instagram. usually and they're usually hating on it mm-hmm. um it, you know sometimes you get some positive stuff and sometimes you get some negative stuff uh mostly negative stuff but for me, it's like, yeah, there's so many of these negative guys, but there's so many of these positive kids. And for me, it was like I was that positive kid when everybody was chanting, you know, Cena sucks. I was chanting, let's go, Cena. Let's go, like, Cena. And it's just one of those things like I feel like it's just those certain people, you know, in time that have to be able to separate that. And I feel like, you know, Hogan and Cena, like and other big names that were captivating like that uh just to be specific with cena like i feel like he knew that and it was like you know it doesn't matter what your opinion of me is i'm not gonna change who i am and i think that's awesome because that it's so relatable because it is that's how it should be in real life like you know you don't wear red shoes because you think that a lot of people you know don't like the color red it's like no if you like them wear the red shoes yeah you know it's about being you and that's what's going to separate you and trust me there are people and i feel like i'm one of those people that notice stuff like that like when i see somebody and and maybe they're wearing something you know different or maybe they've got their hair a certain way or they're talking a certain way i'm like wow like he kind of he really doesn't care like he likes to be that way i I find that very unique and impressive rather than you know i see all these people and they don't really stand out to me you know and not saying everybody has to try to stand out by doing something crazy but i notice little things like that and i appreciate little things like that yeah i think there's uh maybe everybody comes to this at different times and and well hopefully everybody kind of comes to it at some point in their life other people at different times um you gain a superpower when you have this don't give a fuck attitude. Mm-hmm. When you have this just, when you have where I don't care what other people think about me attitude and like you truly buy into it. You know what I mean? Like you get like, there's like almost like a weight that is lifted off your shoulders. And I'm not saying that it's, you don't, you don't care about other human beings. You mm-hmm. lack empathy and things like that. But it's just like, if I want to wear 
a funky shirt or some funky shoes or a weird little outfit and mix and match, whatever, because I feel like that is who I am and I dig that. Yeah. I'm aware it, you know, regardless. Yeah. Or if or if I want to talk, you know, like for me in particular, like I don't do very well with with surface level conversations. You know what I mean? Like okay. I just don't do well with it. I, I just feel like life's too short. Yeah. And like I'm not gonna be bullshitting with anybody. Yeah. Like if you ain't if you're not a real genuine person and you're not talking about things of substance, mm -hmm. you know, or being funny, you know, like I just don't wanna yeah, I just don't wanna do that. Yeah. You know, and I appreciate people that are gonna talk about things that are outside the norm. Yeah. That aren't gonna talk about the weather, the news, their job, how much money you make, you know. Uh, what happened on CNN or Fox, you know, like those, like, I don't really care about those things, dude. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. what I want to hear about, like, I want to know, I want to know what do you like? What do you like? If I'm going to talk about your job, once people tell me what they do, the first thing I ask them, I was like, do you love it? Like, I want to know if you love that job. And if you do like, let's hear it, you know, because like, I know if you love it, I'm going to hear it and feel it in the way that you talk. Yeah. Like I know, like I know that you love wrestling. Yeah. Cause I don't, I feel it. Like yeah. I could, I could, I could mute your mic right now, bro. And not be able to hear you put these things on, not hear anything and still feel that passion yeah. that you have for sports entertainment. It's funny you say that. Cause I, uh, when I'm saying it, I, I feel heavy in my chest and it's, it's unlike nothing because I think it's because I have so much that I can say about it. And it's like in my head, I'm like, all right, what do you want to tell him? What do you want to tell him? Because <laughs> I got so much and it's overwhelming at times because it's like, that's all I've ever known. Right. You know? So it's like, ooh, like this is, this is me. This yeah. is my category. Let me hit the buzzer. Like, yeah. you know? So it's, it's very passionate for me to talk about because it is, man. Like I'm, I'm just out here living my dream. You know, it's something that I've, I've always wanted. And it's funny, like you speak about, you know, the, you know, not caring attitude. That's so real. And for me, I have that attitude. And um, it's, I think there's not a certain age of when somebody has it. Because back home, when I was working out at the gym uh, in Georgia, I remember grown men would come up to me and they're like, you know, I see you travel. This was before WWE. They're like, man, I see you traveling every weekend and you're wrestling. And I remember you telling me, you know, you were going to do that. And they're like, you're just living your dream. And then they tell me about their job. They're, you know, working at this company and they're getting by and they want to do this and that. And they'd always tell me the same story and every month it'd be the same, but they'd always tell me, they're like, man, you're the only person I know living, you know, their dream. And I'd always try to be the person to tell them the motivating things and to get them going. But at the end of the day, you know, as good as it is and as messed up as this sounds, I feel like motivation is, it's like, it is a real thing, but it's not because it's like, if you got it, you got it, you know? And yeah, I get like, you know, like, I don't want to go against me saying like, well, John Cena, you know, he, he didn't motivate me. He absolutely did motivate me, but it's like, I just feel like where my mindset is now, it's like, I know I would find a way because it's just the way that I am. Like, there's always a way if you, if you truly want something. So I don't really want to say like, you know, if I didn't see John Cena, I wouldn't be here. But it's like, 
Motivation is fleeting. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah. good. Don't get me wrong. I'll watch. There's, you know, I've got, you know, my little p- things that I watch that are really motivating. You know, I, I like to listen to Jocko Willinks. Yeah. You know, I'm a big fan of Joe Rogan. Yeah. Like there's other people out there that are like these motivational, yeah. you know, Tony Robbins, guys like that, that are very motivational and they say things that, or articulate things in a way that like spark something in your brain. And yes. like, that's cool. But like, if that's the basis, you know what I mean? If that, if you, if you're having to listen to those guys to get you to the gym or to get you to practice or Mm -hmm. to get you into your books or whatever it is that you're into or trying to get into, like your, your why is wrong, Yeah, you know, because like what's going to happen is you're going to be six months deep and the thing that you got motivated for is now going to be tedious Yeah, and it's going to be like groundhog's day. Yeah. And if you're relying on an external factor to get you there, like that's going to fail. Yeah. So like the internal is what is most important. Like that, that has to come from here. It's got to come from beating out of your chest Yeah. because you know, there's going to come a time where you don't want to go to the gym. Yeah. You're sore and you're beat up and you don't feel good Mm -hmm. and it's real easy to stay in bed. Yeah. But it's those days that you don't feel good, that you feel like shit, are those are the days that you get better. Yeah. Those are the days when you go to practice and your body's sore because you've been practicing for two straight weeks and you've been beating the hell out of each other and you've had matches or you've had games or this and that and you don't feel like it and you're hurting, you've got to go. That's when you need to go more than ever. Yeah. That's when you need to get into the gym, get yeah. on the field, get into your books. Yeah. Like that's the time that is going to take you to the next level yeah that's the getting comfortable with being uncomfortable that's doing the things that no one else is going to do yeah you know that's what gets you to that next level that's what gets you to where it is that you're seeking after because everybody would love to be a wwe superstar yeah i mean it's one of the coolest jobs in the world if not the coolest job in the world you know what i mean like who wouldn't want to travel you know like yeah there's some hardships and training and stuff like that but like it's not a hard life it's not it's not when you love it you know what i mean (laughs) like you 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 get to travel all over the world Mm -hmm. you get to perform in front of live audiences all the time like you get it takes you to play like dude i've been all over the world because of wrestling (laughs) yeah you know, I've been able yeah. to train and perform in front of people because of this. And like anybody would die for that opportunity. I wouldn't say anybody, but there's millions of people that would die for that opportunity. Yeah. Or at least they think they would die for that opportunity, I guess is what I'm trying to get to here. Is it's like anybody would love to be in our position. You know what I mean? Yeah. In your position. And the... The thing is, is no one's willing to do what you did to get here. Yeah. No one was willing to, you know, sneak into the gym when they were 12 years old with their mom to start working out. Nobody was seeking out to uh, get no bodybuilding competition and go through the, the, the stress of a prep to get noticed by the WWE. Nobody, I don't see people, that many people seeking out these little schools, you know what I mean? Like, and, and trying to wrestle and learn how to wrestle just to hope to get seen, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, th- that shit is hard. It that is, is hard, hard, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, wrestling at a small school and, like, having matches in front of 
four people, 12 people, whatever it is. Yeah. Like that's not glorious. That's not sexy. Yeah. That ain't pretty. You know what I mean? You no. want to be in front of it. WrestleMania, 80,000 people. Yeah. Oh man, I'd love to do that. But are you willing to love the process to get there? Are you willing to yeah. love going to some dirty gyms? Yeah. Are you willing to some dirty places to train and I'm in a ring that, you know, you've got to find the hole and avoid it when you're practicing, yeah. you know? And it does, it starts at a young age. Cause I remember, man, so bad. Like, you know, when you're in high school, you're like, Oh man, like it's all about girls. You know what I mean? And, uh, for me it was just like, yeah, it was that, but, I also was like, okay, I know there's a party this weekend, but I'm like, thought you was training today, man. You know, it's Friday, you know, everybody's going to the party tonight. And it's like, yeah, you could work out quick enough and get to the party, but it's like, you don't drink. Why do you not drink? Because, you know, that's just something you chose to do because of your dad. Right. So that's a person. That's another choice. cool thing about you uh, for if people don't know, don't drink, don't smoke, no tobacco, nothing. Yeah. Just, yeah. I don't want to say straight edge. But I mean, yeah. for a lack of a better word, straight edge. Yeah. Yeah. But that just making that choice. And then uh, like if I go to the party because I'm in shape, like what if somebody wants to fight me and then we get into a fight and I hit my finishing move on somebody. <laughs> and then the but, you know, like just not not going in that situation of getting arrested. So but to me, it was like, man, that's just a waste of time. Like a party in high school to me was just like a moment in time. And, and to this day, everybody that was in high school with me. You know, do you guys remember that party? No. You're worried about getting your next check because you're probably not living your dream. You know what I mean? And maybe there are some people. I'm not saying that you can't go to a party. You know what I mean? But I was just so dedicated that I went to the gym and I made sure I stayed out of trouble that way. Like that was just I was like, if I miss tonight, then the guy that was, you know, in my head, there's this guy that's constantly chasing mm -hmm. after my dream. Mm -hmm. And if I don't go to the gym today, he already went and he's just going to work out again and get a double in. Like, so in my head, I'm, I'm creating these insane uh -huh. situations, but it's just this, like this hunger and this passion that I've, I've got to go, I've got to get it. And mm -hmm. it's like, nobody can tell me otherwise. Yeah. And, and it helps so much, man. Cause I remember like when I went for my tryout and I remember sitting in the room and it was like 50 people and there was some talented people in there, regardless if they were already wrestlers or not. There were some talented people, but it did not matter to me because I knew as soon as I got on that flight on my way there and I got into my hotel room and I remember walking into the performance center the first day of this tryout. I remember looking around and I was like, it doesn't matter who in here is better than me. It doesn't matter who in here is below me. It doesn't matter. Like. I know everything that I've prepared myself for. I know everything that I got walking into this and I know how bad I want this. And I'm willing to drop on the floor in here because I'm going to take this. And I remember like just giving it everything I had. I remember like finishing that day going, you know, getting in the bathtub, had like bags of Epsom salt in there, <laughs> recovering. I was drinking uh, Pedialyte. I was listening to Eric Thomas. Like, Ooh. I was going in, dude. I was like, yo, they ain't ready. Like, people walking in talking about being sore. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Sore, never heard of her. Yeah, yeah. And I remember, like, I told myself, I said, when you get on that plane on the way home, you better have known that you gave everything that you had, everything. Like, there was nothing left. And I got back on that plane, and I knew it. And then I remember seeing the article and I was like the picture for the tryout and they were saying standout and all this. And, but I just remember, man, I was just like, yo, like 
that that looks cool for right now, but that's it. It already happened. So let's go. What's next? Where are we going? They're saying you got to do this and this. All right, let's go. Let's do it. So it's just on to the next. Then I kind of relate that too now to like people ask me, they're like, how do you deal with like negativity? Like when you see people say negative stuff about you. Honestly, uh, this is how I take this. I'm not telling everybody to take it this way. But when I see a positive comment and a negative comment, they're the same to me. It's Hell just yeah. it's somebody's opinion. Hell yeah. And it's like it's uh, I, I do. I appreciate your kind words. Thank you. And you say the bad comment. It's like, OK, well, you know, you don't like me, but you took time out of your life to talk about me. So I got to be important to mm-hmm. you. But I'm not even going to sit there and argue with you. I just put them in the same. It's an opinion. And if I get lost in that, I feel like I'm, you know, people are have told me before. They're like, you know, how do you but even before this WrestleMania thing happened, like. They're just like, how does it feel like people telling you, like, you'll be a future champion and you'll be a future main event of WrestleMania? And I'm like, honestly, I uh, that's like high hopes that people have for me. But it's like I don't get in my head about that stuff, because as soon as I start thinking that I feel like my foot's going to let up off the gas just Mm -hmm. a little bit. You know, dude, that's uh, I think that that is a huge piece of advice for anybody out there listening to this. A lot of times people that take the negative comments too hard are the people that put too much value on a positive comment. Yeah. And it's like those positive comments shouldn't have any effect on you just like the negative comments shouldn't have any effect on you. Yeah. Because you have like you have your purpose, you know your why, and it's like nothing else matters. Like yeah. the positive, you know what I mean? Like what am I going okay, I'm, what do I do with that? You know, do I let up off the, the gas because of that? Yeah. Because now that's detrimental. And then yeah. like I hear a negative comment. Do I let up off the gas because somebody is torn me, tearing me down? Yeah. You know, and then I'm creating like this negative mindset. Yeah. It's like so people put too much value into positive comments. And oftentimes that seeps into how much value they put into the negative comments. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's just a. Uh, Yo, dude, that's impressive that you got that mindset already. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I think there's something to be said. We had talked on this a little bit earlier about, you know, uh, adversity growing up. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? You went through your adversity with not having your dad around as much as you would like or need. Yeah. But I think, I think you got to have adversity in some way, shape, or form to really, really go after something, you know, and in particular in this industry, I think a lot of like, I think you got to be a little different, you know, a little off your rocker to be a pro wrestler. You know what I mean? You got to be kind of a crazy individual in in some way, somehow. And a lot of times that usually comes through, you know, traumatic childhoods, you know, whether it's something happened to you, a parent being absent or whatever, you know, a lot of times like we, at the time when something negative or appears to be negative happens to us, we don't have the perspective of that moment yet to know that that is a pivotal point for your growth going forward. Right. And we only ever know that in retrospect, but a lot of times those negative things that happen to us, they do something that forces us to level up or forces us to go into a direction right. or where, you know, it gives you something uh, 
you know what that terrible feeling is, you know, and you don't ever want it again. So then you work so hard to never do let that happen to you again or to ever allow yourself to be in that position. Yeah. And you just, it just forces you to drive towards whatever it is that you end up finding as your passion. And yeah. I think that, I think, I think that that's very important. And I think as much as, you know, I've had my fair share of adversity and I'd look back on all of it. And as much as it may have sucked at the time, it would, they were pivotal points in my life, you know? Yeah. And from, I think that may have been what drove you to the point that you're at now. Yeah. You know? So it's like, from one perspective, it's a negative, but from another perspective, it was a positive. Yeah. You know, so it's just like that's kind of goes into not ever giving up, mm -hmm. you know, not ever feeling sorry for yourself, you know, or, or you know, looking for a pity party, you know, right type thing. Because it's like, well, feeling sorry for yourself never paid the bills. No, feeling sorry for yourself never helped anybody achieve anything. And like all that adversity and stuff like you've got you, you, it didn't kill you. Yeah. So now, you know, is it, you're a hard person to kill went through some shit yeah but you made it out you know and you made it out the other side stronger so it's like oh, i can get through this yeah well maybe i can get i can get through this you know man i could take this on and try this right you know so uh, you know it's just kind of crazy sometimes uh the importance of setbacks and failures and adversity in our life you know yeah. not to let them crush us yeah you know which like it's understandable. I get it. You know, people go through some some serious stuff. Yeah. But like, just know that as long as you never give up mm -hmm. and you keep pushing forward, there's a green, big old green field on the other side with sunshine and a blue sky. You know, yep. and good times. You know, you just got to be willing and able to just push through that mm -hmm. and let that. You know, that gives you some funk and some flavor to your personality yeah. too dude you know what i mean yeah i mean some of the funniest people i know are just like crazy mofos that have just been through some <laughs> yeah. some crazy shit when they yeah. were younger you know what i mean and yeah. like those are some of the funniest coolest people to kind of be around yeah and you would never think that you know you would never think that they've been through something like that yeah that's um just being crazy man like it's i mean i'm crazy you know what i mean like there's there's something like you got to be crazy to put on some tight pants and go out there and, you know, show your ass in front of the entire world. Like something, <laughs> you know, something's got to be wrong with you. Uh -huh. And that's like your passion. It's like, yeah, it all, when you really think about it, it's, it all sounds pretty weird, but I don't know. It's my dream. I'm, I'm out here fake fighting in my underwear, yeah. bro. You know what I mean? It's my dream. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Hey, man. It's a great gig. Be, hey, in my opinion, beats any nine to five. Yeah. Beats any nine to five. Absolutely, man. I've never been a guy that could just sit in a cubicle or an office and and have somebody, you know, some pencil neck telling me what to do. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I just yeah. I just could never do it. So I yeah. just never did it. It's I remember like even just having regular jobs and man, like I love how to say regular jobs, but uh <laughs> I remember uh, my one of my first ones. I uh, I worked with my grandfather. Um, he's worked at this place forever. It's like a plastic company, and I remember working there for two weeks. And I worked eight p.m. to eight a.m. And that night shift. I mean, just naturally, your body's gonna shut down. And uh, I remember working that night shift, and it was brutal. Like um, 
just because I was younger, they had me, you know, lifting everything and the plastic rolls, man, they'd get up to like 600 pounds and I'm Damn. trying to roll them. And they make that young boy work, bro. Yeah, that man. hard labor jobs, them old timers. My brutal. dad did that to me. He'd make me do all the hard jobs. Yeah, it was brutal, man. And I was just like, I remember going in the restroom and looking at myself in the mirror and I was like, what are you doing, man? I was like, oh, my God. And then I got an email. Uh, I remember the second week when I quit, I got an email about doing a movie. <laughs> um, we, uh, I feel like I know what it is. I just can't. I forgot what we were talking about. I know we were talking about crazy people. We're talking about crazy people. We are crazy people. Oh, yeah, we are crazy people. Uh, having to be crazy. Um, oh, yeah, we were talking about the job, me working, and oh, okay, so that's what it was. So, um, I found out I was working at the plastic. Oh, yeah, there we are. Yeah, grandpa. So, I was like, we're here now. Uh, I was working at the plastic company, and uh, I remember the last week, and I only worked there two weeks. That's that's all your boy could take all day. <laughs> Not really. Not yeah. there. <laughs> but uh, I remember it was that second week, and I got an email from a movie to do extra work, and I thought it was fake, and it was like for uh, Neighbors 2, and they were like, we want you to be a frat guy. And I was like, all right, this is my sign. This is it. This is my calling. So I was like, here we go. So went up to my manager. I was like, hey, man, I got I to gotta tell you something. And he was like, what's going on? And he was an older man. And he, uh, I told him, and he was like, put his hand on my shoulder. This is such like a, a movie thing. But he just was like, I just want you to know that this job will always be here. But opportunities, they come and they go. So you go ahead and you go do it. And I was like, all right, there it is. I'm, I'm going after it. <laughs> It was so classical, but that's how he said it. And I was like, man, like that was easy. I was expecting him to be like, man, if you don't get, you know, mm -hmm. get back over there. Like, but yeah. So after that, I never looked back and yeah, there were times where I didn't need that job again, but I was like, Hey man, I'm about to struggle and make this thing work. <laughs> so hard labor is no joke, dude. Hard labor is no joke. I respect anybody that does a physical labor job consistently yes. Yes. every single day because that shit is no joke. Yeah, that's, man, that's very, I mean, it's hard on your body. and it's, Yeah. My family, my brother, my dad, my uncles, my grandpa, like they were all physical labor jobs. Grandpa yeah. worked at like a paper mill. My dad was a construction worker. My brother is a construction worker. The construction work, man, that's, that's where it gets you. That's. Actually, uh, one of my close friends, man, he, he was doing that. And especially if you're somewhere where it's really hot, I mean, it's brutal. Like, I mean, you know, like sometimes like if you like at a house and you go out and get the mail and it's hot and you're like, oh, I want to get back in the house and <laughs> just imagine you know, working out there. Like, yeah, imagine carrying here. a 70 pound bundle of shingles up a ladder. You yeah. know what I mean? And then having to rip off the old shingles while it's like 90 degrees outside. But on those shingles, it's like 140. And then like they're like this tar substance. So yeah. like when they get hot, they like melt and they're burning you. And you're crouched on your knees on a roof trying to rip off of these shingles with a hammer, dude. And then you've got to pound in new shingles, dude. Oh, man. Yeah. That sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about the grind. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's why I'll never complain about this gig. No, not at all. Never complain about not, wrestling. Yeah. Never complained about football. Never complained about having to work out because, like, I saw 
I saw other I saw other people having to do other things, and to me, that just seemed way harder than yes. This. I mean, that's man, like as bad as that sounds, but it's kind of like when you take in basically like why we do all these things, why I acted that way, and why I made sure I made those decisions so I don't have to do that. You know, it's like, yeah, there was like a little second of my life where I was having to do that stuff a little bit, but it was like, I got past it because of my mindset. And it's like, no, like, that's not for me. And it's like, if it ain't for you, you better figure something out because you're going to go right back there or you're going to be broke. And Mm -hmm. it's like, all right, got to figure it out. And there's people that will do what they got to do to find it. And there's people that don't. And, you know, there's one of the things that, you know, Cause people always ask me like, how do I stay so driven and motivated all the time? And for me, it's just like, you know, I've, there's just, this could be a multifaceted question, but the, mm-hmm. one of the main reasons or things that always keeps me driven and focused is not so much that I know what I'm going towards, but I know what I'm running from. Mm. I know, I know what hell looks like. Mm-hmm. I know what chaos is, you know, like I know what the darkness is, you know, like I came up in that. I've yeah. seen grown men be broken down by their circumstances and I've seen ugly, ugly life. And I grew up in that. And for me, that was just like, I, for whatever reason, I was very fortunate at a very young age to kind of have a vision in my head of like, knowing that I didn't want this and I wanted something better for myself. Like I wanted to be more than what I am now or what people are around me now. And I knew that I never wanted to go back there because I knew how terrible that was, you know? So it was just like, yo, I know what I'm running from. So it makes it real easy to run towards something, you know? And I've seen regret in grown men, you know, like I've, I've, one of the, another thing that's been a very motivating factor is like talking to grown ass men, 40 year old, 60 years old and telling them about my passions and my dreams that I'm like going after and like them being encouraging of it. Like, go, you know, them telling you to go after and pursue those things and yeah. that work's always going to be there. But like when you look them in the eyes and they're telling you those things, they're telling you those things because they have regret. Yeah, because they didn't go after those things and you can see it in a man's eyes. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I saw that for the very first time and it was somebody that I loved dearly, you know, and I saw, you know, when they were telling me these things about going after these things, I saw that what they were really doing was telling like it was what they would have told their younger self if they could go back in time. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I saw that regret in their eyes. And like, one of the things that motivates me more than ever is like, I don't want to be 60 years old filled with regret. No, I'd rather be 60 years old, broken down, burned out from all the escapades that I've ever gone in my life. And knowing that I poured everything out, I emptied my gas tank. Yeah. Now, whether I get and obtain those goals, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, but I promise you I'm going to, kill myself in the process yeah i'm gonna pour it all out you know what i mean and like you're gonna have to kill me to keep me from getting what it is that i want to get right so that's a great way you put that i like that a lot especially uh you know you don't really know what your future is you can have a plan but i mean you don't really know what it is but uh you can know what you're running from like you 100 percent can know what that is so that's that's a cool way to look at that and if you think about it, you're still moving forward because you're running from that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's not a, 
you know, usually people are like, well, don't run from problems, but it's like, no, it's something I've, you know, overcome and I've learned from. And it's yeah. like, that's why I'm, you know, I'm, I know what could happen. So that's, yeah, that's really cool. I never really thought about it that way. That's a really good way to look at it. It's kept me going, man. Yeah. <laughs> I try to, you know, I've tried to learn from as many people as I can, uh, which they say everybody you ever encounter has something they can teach you. You just kind of have to have your eyes open and your ears open and you got to just like listen to people, you know? Yeah, and find it. And uh, some of it, some things are bigger than others that you get and take from other people, but there's something to be learned from everybody. And I try to, you know, a lot of these old timers, I was fortunate enough when I was younger to listen to most of these old timers, right? But you know how it is when you're younger. Sometimes you just, you don't even know what you don't know at a certain point, right? Right. Yeah. And there comes a point in everybody's life where that spark in the dark happens. Mm-hmm. And you realize that you don't know shit. No. And, like, that's one of the most powerful moments in a man or a woman's life. Mm-hmm. And once I was, like I said, I was able to always learn and take from, like, old timers or, like, listen to them, you know? Right. And... For whatever reason, I just I, I was just like, well, I can learn from them. You know, they've got to be telling me this for a reason. And some of it sunk in and some of it didn't. And some of it was in there, but I didn't listen to it. And then years later, I was like, oh, that's what they meant. Or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it was there. So it was just like, I try to learn from everybody. And usually, you know, there's a reason why I, uh, you respect your elders. You know, they've lived X amount of time. They've been on this planet. You know, they've experienced and seen things. So... You know, they have valuable perspective just based on time. They've seen things, you know, they're able to take a step back even further than you are and see things and experience things that maybe you don't know. So I think it's important to, like, listen to to people. Yeah. Now, you got to be careful who you're listening to. You know, not everybody deserves to be listening to because right. there's certain people, you know, you are the company that you keep. Right. You know, so you, you do got to be careful there. But I, I think whether negative, whether a person is someone that you aspire to be like or you admire you can learn something from them absolutely you know, even if it's something as simple as just looking them in the eyes and listening to them and seeing that the advice they're giving you is is advice that they wish they could have gave them their younger selves and seeing that regret in there you know what i mean like that was a very powerful moment for me is to see that regret in that person's eyes yeah as they were telling me to pursue my dreams yeah and i'll just i'll never forget that man i carry that with me forever yeah that's awesome. Yeah. Well, you, uh, it's been a great dude. We're already like almost like two hours deep into this. Um, <laughs> you got anything you want to plug right now? Social media, where can we find you at? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Austin theory. Uh, I, I usually just tell everybody my exact Instagram name, but if you just type in Austin theory, it's the only one that's verified. Yeah, <laughs> so, Blue check. Yeah, but it is on Instagram. It is Austin underscore theory. And on Twitter, it's Austin theory one. And those are just the main two that I use. I don't okay. try to get into anything else. Like haven't got into the TikTok thing yet, uh, but uh, yeah, Instagram and uh, Twitter. Those two are Definitely my top two. I saw you were doing cameo shout outs as well. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Yes, mm-hmm. I do cameos. Um, uh, if people don't know what those are, those are just shout outs where basically if there's anything you want me to say to you, uh, if you've been wanting me to say hi to you 
whether it's uh, you personally, if you're a fan or, you know, maybe, you know, somebody that's a fan, it'd be a cool gift to get me to, you know, say something to them and it can be anything you want. Uh, that's what a cameo is for. And, uh, literally I always post those constantly on my Instagram stories and all you got to do is swipe up and it'll take you right there. Uh, I feel like I say swipe up. Like it's just part of my normal vocabulary. Swipe up. Just swipe up. (laughs) I feel like the majority of people understand what swipe up means. Yeah. Yeah. So basically you just go on there and you know, you just swipe up. So you get a little personal shout out from Austin theory. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, A little well wishes, birthday wishes, get well soon. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people too, they use it for like, uh, um, like their podcasts, they have me, uh, they write me a specific message, you know, and they ask me to say the specific message, like, you know, hey, this is WWE superstar Austin Theory, and, you know, you're watching this, you're watching that, like, whatever it is, regardless, and it's just a cool introduction to something, um, but yeah, it's just whatever you want, like, whatever you want, I'll just do them, <laughs> all day, all day, all day, you know? all day, that's what I do all day now, according to you, it's just cameos, <laughs> Lift weights and do cameos. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, man. So for anybody out there, keep your if you're not already keeping your eyes on my man Austin Theory, keep your eyes. Young Phenom on the rise. You can find him on Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. USA Network NXT. Then you can also find him Monday nights, 8 p.m. Monday Night Raw. Yeah. On the USA Network. This boy's all over the place, dude. <laughs> Syndicated TV, yeah. uh, social media, cam you name it. This boy's everywhere. I can't wait to see what's uh, what's going to be coming down the pipeline for you, dude. It was a pleasure to have you on the drop. And uh, looking forward to the next time we're getting together. Hopefully, we're clanging and banging soon. Yeah, man. We gotta. We might have to do one of these in the gym. Dude, we should definitely do a little. We'll do, we'll do something for... Uh, We'll do some. Uh, we'll do a workout video together, and we'll put it on YouTube. That'd be sick. We'll do a sick little something. Then we'll maybe we'll sit down afterwards, eat a meal, and bullshit about whatever. Well, that's it. Then we got it. We know what we're doing now. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right, my man. I appreciate you. No problem, man. Thank you. Hell yeah. Let's get up out of here. Ready for the drop.